And read a lot of material, meet a lot of writers who are better writers than I am. I'm not this inborn talent, right? I had an interest and a passion. I've learned the craft. I've studied. I've worked. I've practiced. And that has given me some writerly success. And I suspect it's like this for most of us writers out there. There are very few people that come to the page with this uh, amazing talent that allows them to get published immediately and become a best-selling author. There's a lot that goes into it, and it's about mindset. But when we are struggling away at the desk, it uh, it's not hard to look outside of us and have a little professional writer's envy, right? I'm looking around, and I'm seeing these people win great awards or have novels turned into movies or have a best-selling book or just really doing complex, good, beautiful work. And I sit back here and I'm like, what the heck? And I feel a little envious. I think that's part of the job. I think it happens all the time because here's a big shocker. Writers are people too, right? We're human. So a little professional envy is uh going to be expected, I think. But I'm curious about what we do when we feel it, because there are ways to use those feelings of jealousy or those feelings of envy to really help ourselves to grow, to find some humor and perspective in our own writing career, or we can allow it to stop us. That's what we're going to be talking about today on Simply Write with Polly, right after the dailies. All right, so what am I working on today? I've got a lot of different projects going at different stages, and some of those are on contract, right? I just finished an article for an online publication, and the editor got back to me with a few notes, and so I'm going to make those edits. Now, that's not uncommon. Often when you're writing for a publication or site, the editor will come back with notes and definitely when you're writing a book and in suggestions. If you're writing for a particular site or magazine, they're going to have their own stylistic rules, things they have to have in that piece. And you should trust those. Often they'll make the the writing better, right? But they also know their readers better than we ever could. They're on the inside looking out. So when they say, this is how we do it at our publication and you're on contract, that's how you do it too, right? That's how it works. And that's how you get more work. So writing for sites and, and magazines and that sort of thing, the writing needs to be clean and good and interesting. That's under your purview, right? That's your job as a writer. But the market and the readers and the style of the magazine, you will be given that direction and it's your job to write to that. So if there's a style that's of a magazine that's really out of whack with how you like to write, don't pitch them because they know their client base They know their audience, and if you are contracted to write an article for them, it's your responsibility to do it as they 
would want and in the way that their readers expect. So I'm working on notes from that. The edits were fantastic. This is a great person to work with. And that's part of my job too, right? I want to work with the people that respect what I can do, but also help make my piece better, who really know what they want and can articulate that. So everybody's more successful that way. So I'm going to do those notes, meet those notes, change those things in the piece edits and get that back out. I'm doing a promo for another podcast. I also have another podcast called Simply Said, Polly Campbell Simply Said, where we talk about practical personal development. And I'm going to send out a promo um, for an episode I did on that about what habits to leave behind, what how to change your habits, how to replace some bad behaviors with better ones. Um, it makes it easier to form new habits. That's what I'm working on. I'm drafting a newsletter for Simply Write. Those come out on Thursdays. If you want to get a piece of that, um, it's got resources. It's got podcast information. It's got craft tips. comes out uh, three Thursdays a month. And that's at simplywrite.substack.com. Um, I'm working on that today and I got up really early this morning and I know it's only November, but I got up really early this morning and I worked on my 2024 goals. I have some real specific things in mind and I've been a little stuck and slow. And so I want to not only come up with the goals, but come up with the smart goals where I really articulate that, you know, have specific things and measurable things. And Part of my success to that is really outlining the steps that it's going to take to get there. For example, uh, revising my novel, that's the goal. I want to have that completed. But there are specific things I have to do each week to make that happen. And I want to articulate those. And that's what I started working on today. And I also uh, worked on an essay a little bit. And then right before this, I took the dog out. Those are the daily. Phew, it's been a busy morning already and it's still early, but you know what? We're in this fall and we've had some rainy weather here in Oregon and now today the sun is out and the trees are all bright, flaming with yellow and red around my house and the sun is shining through and they're wet from the drizzle we had earlier and they just look sparkly and shiny. It's awesome. So maybe that's inspiring. I'm I'm a good weather person. <laughs> when the sun's out, I feel I definitely feel more energized. And on another note, before we go forward in today's craft talk about professional envy, I want to thank you all writers. Hundreds, thousands of you have turned in in the last year. We have just completed our first year of Simply Write on the Creators Network of Electrocast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This episode actually is the start of season two. So we will have more great shows for you every week. And talking about craft, I've met a lot of people in the community. Thanks for tuning in to the newsletter and the podcast and talking with me. We've had so many great interviews. About 25 authors, many of them best-selling and award-winning authors, have been here talking about how they do their jobs. And that helps me. That inspires me. I've learned so much, and I hope you have too. So I want to say thank you as we head into episode 53. 
starting our second year of Simply Right with Polly. Thanks for tuning in and making this show such a success. If you like what you hear, please leave me a review. It helps more people find us. But thank you for being here with me as we launch Simply Right with Polly. Got another year ahead. Thanks for being here. I'm chuckling a little to myself as we mark the first year anniversary of Simply Right. Because in many ways, this podcast came out of the topic we're discussing today, and that is professional envy, writer's envy, right? I I listen to a lot of podcasts, true crime stuff. Yeah, I like the mystery of it. But I listen to a lot of craft podcasts while I'm, you know, driving my kid around or waiting at doctor's appointments or whatever it is, uh, going for my walk around the neighborhood, whatever it is. I find it as as a good source of information and it's a break for me as opposed to reading, which I also do a lot of. When I'm listening to a podcast, it seems like I take my editor out of it a little bit, or at least I did before this year. But I was listening to all these podcasts and on writing. And some of them are fabulous. And I learned so much. And some of them have great information, but I can hardly stand to listen to them because the interviewer talks too much or the sound quality isn't what I like or whatever it is. It, it could be just the mood I'm in for the day. Sometimes I go back and listen to podcasts that earlier I didn't enjoy and now I really like them. So whatever it is, like writing podcasts are very subjective, right? But I was listening to these craft podcasts and I really enjoy broadcast thing and broadcast journalism. I've been a guest myself on many podcasts and uh, I've also I studied uh, broadcast journalism when I was in college and worked at a radio station. So I'm really interested in this form of communication. I feel like I can talk with you directly and I hear from you too. And that that's there's some connection that I really appreciate about this form. Anyhow, I was listening to all the podcasts and thinking, dang it, I could do better than that. Or I can't believe they're getting all these listeners or I'm so jealous that they're doing this work. And finally, I just decided to get off my behind and get to work. I, instead of being envious of the people who are producing these fantastic podcasts about writing, one of my favorite things to talk about, I decided I needed to stop complaining and get to work. And that was the power of professional envy for me in that case. Listen, I think writer's envy is a real thing. I don't know anyone who hasn't felt it. I know a lot of people who say they don't, but there's always a little twinge for me when somebody's breaking into a market that I'd like to write for, when somebody is having a book you know, explode into a bestseller when somebody gets a job that I want, I do feel a little twinge of that professional envy. Now, I think it is different than what people think about. And and if you're a writer and you've experienced this, you know what I'm talking about. But professional envy is simply something that I want that they are getting, right? They're breaking into the field in a new way or at a level that I would like. But I don't begrudge them for that. I'm proud of them. I think it's very possible as writers to celebrate our colleagues, to buy their books, to appreciate their work and material, and still feel a little envious when they've written something that we can't even fathom we could write, when they break into a market, when they have more professional success than it feels like we are. Yes, I think envy is part of uh, the thing there. I think it's uh, part of the human condition there. But at the same time, 
I'm thrilled for those other writers because as writers, we know how hard it is to get published, how hard it is to break into a new market, how hard it is to get paid for our work, right? So when I see somebody doing it at a level that I'd like to achieve or at the highest level, man, I am envious. I want a piece of that. And at the same time, there is enough to go around. I don't feel any sense of lack. You having a best-selling book doesn't mean that I cannot have a best-selling book. You see how that works? So I think it's important to really look at envy from this lens. Writers that are working hard and doing good work and getting a shot or breaking in or publishing in a new market, we can celebrate that with them because they hold the possibility for all of us. And at the same time, we can feel a little envious about that. I think the key to dealing with this professionally and using it as something that can help us elevate our craft and our business is to acknowledge that. You know, I I don't pretend. Yes, there are people that are doing professionally the things I want to do. And I have heard from others that I'm also doing and having some success with books and so forth that other people would also like. So look at those comparisons. The grass is always greener. I mean, that's an adage for a reason, right? I don't agree with it, but I think we feel that way a lot of time. And we don't remember in those moments how hard it was to get there. So we all have some level of success. There are little achievements along the way. And when we are feeling envious about another professional having the success we want, I think it's okay to acknowledge that. We don't have to beat anyone up. We don't have to be hard on ourselves and think we're losers. And we don't have to be hard on them. We can acknowledge them. We can celebrate them and be sincerely happy for their success, knowing that it won't take anything away from ours. There's there's not this level of lack. If you're doing good work and you're working hard and you're persistent, you might not get to the highest level. You might not have a best-selling book. I, I spoke with Amy Collins, an agent, uh, uh, last week, and she's a guest on the show in a couple of weeks to come. So be sure to tune into that with Amy Collins. She had great things to say about comp titles and about the writing profession. And she likens it to playing Major League Baseball or being on an NBA team. Writing is a hard business. It's a unique business. Not everybody gets to do it at the highest level. Sure, you can always write on your own. You can find ways to publish or publish your own, but not everybody will get to the highest level. That is just statistically how it is. And that is okay, right? That doesn't stop you from working. That shouldn't. And somebody else who reaches the highest level, then that can be a hallmark for us, a reminder of, hey, it's possible. The dream is still alive. So use that envy. Acknowledge what it is. Don't start chopping off the heads of everybody around you. Don't let that irritation hold you back. Don't let self-doubt creep in. Just acknowledge that, yes, you're feeling envious because a colleague of yours is having some deserved success and you want that too. That's okay to acknowledge that. But then look at the comparisons. For example, I'm working on this novel and you've heard me talking about it. It's, it's taken me forever and that's fine. But I'm looking at people who are having best-selling novels or they're getting out their third book of the year or, or whatever it is. And I'm feeling envious of that. And I have to look back and say, hey, um, I'm not even writing my novel right now. <laughs> so I can be envious that they have their books out, but let's put that back in perspective. 
I am not going to get my novel out if I don't work on it. That's on me. That has nothing to do with the market or them or anything else. That's on me. So we have a certain responsibility. If you're feeling envious, look at the situation. Get a little perspective. Are you comparing your rough draft to a friend who just won the Pulitzer Prize? Are you comparing, you know, the rough draft of your first magazine article ever to somebody who regularly publishes for the New Yorker? That's probably not a fair comparison. We can use that situation then as a benchmark, as a goal. Look at what they're doing for the New Yorker. Someday I'd like to be there and then start putting the plan in place to get there. And if you're publishing your first article, you're on track, right? That's how it starts. You get some clips, you write a ton, you get better and better. But we have to make sure when we're feeling green with envy that we're being fair to the person who's achieving what we think we want and to ourselves, most importantly. Compare the apples to apples. If somebody's breaking into a market that you've wanted to break in for ages and you've pitched and you've tried and you're not, I understand that envy. That has happened before many times. And that's also an opportunity when you pause and recognize that to perhaps sit down with that person, send them an email if they're a friend or look at what they did in their article that maybe you need to do in yours to break that publishing barrier. So Sometimes I catch myself comparing myself to somebody who has their fifth bestseller on the New York Times. I'm thinking, dude, I got to finish the book, right? Let's, let's back up and put this in perspective. And then I can step back from that feeling of envy and really feel happy and excited for them and move on in my own work instead of being stuck in that, right? Don't let envy turn into self-doubt. The, the two are not linked. Somebody else having success doesn't mean you're incapable of that success. It doesn't mean the two are not linked that way, but it can be a trigger to remind you to get back to work, to get better. Okay, this person's done it. Perhaps I can too. I'm going to learn what I need to do to get there. All right. Are you green with professional envy? Oh, come on. Fess up. You are. We all have been. All the writers I know have been, and that's a normal human response. But we can manage that and actually use it to our benefit. I've got a few more ways to do that, which we'll talk about right here on Simply Write with Polly when we come back to the creators network of Electricast. And we are back. You're listening to Simply Write with Polly where we talk about the writer's craft and crafting a writer's life. And that's about managing our mindset as much as anything else. Have you felt green with envy? Somebody's having some professional success you'd like. They finished their book or they published with a big publishing house or they're a bestseller, either self-published, indie published, or at, on the New York Times, whatever it is. We're surrounded by that. Writers are dynamic, creative individuals. There's always somebody doing great work. There's always somebody doing interesting things. And not a day goes by when I don't see my colleagues and think, whoa, that's awesome. They are so talented. Or wow, I would like to be in that position. And I use that, number one, to show myself that it's possible. If they can do it, so can I, right? And number two, to get better, to put myself on a trajectory, to achieve those kind of goals that they represent. And 
a lot of that starts with a good dose of humor and self-awareness, right? I am not the most talented writer in the world. That's okay. That's okay. I'm a very hard worker. I've had modest success. I love what I'm doing. So it's okay. I'm going to do what it takes to get the job done. I will not quit. And so that's what I rely on. And as a result of that tendency to persevere, to be resilient, I just keep getting better, right? Because if you do something enough times, you're going to get better at it. Now, becoming a best-selling author on the New York Times, that doesn't necessarily indicate you're the best writer. There's a lot of things that have to go into that to make that happen. So distance yourself from those kind of goals, things that you cannot control, to doing the best work you can. And envy can help us reset our goals and, and take an honest assessment of where we're at and where we want to go. So use it that way and it can really launch us. But have a good laugh too. I mean, geez Louise, there are things I want to write, but I don't want to write them. Does that make sense? And so the other day I was getting like frustrated, like, wow, aren't they lucky? That's a... And I'm like, dude, Polly, you're not even writing that. You don't even want to write like that. It's just a marvel when it happens well. So have a little humor. Don't let it fall into self-doubt. Don't go after the author who you're envious of. Just celebrate them and their effort and celebrate that you're a working writer still moving forward in this field. And use it too, because hey, as we know, and the New York Times is another good example, there are a lot of things way beyond our control that go into that kind of material success. And we can do everything right and never reach that. So have some perspective and know the business and control the things you can. You can get better no matter what stage you're at now. I think writers can get better with hard work and workshops and classes and all that stuff. And you can write every day or write whatever your process is, right? But do the work every week. That's the stuff that ultimately is going to determine if you reach your goals or not. And set goals that are specific and uh, relevant to you. You know, the things that are achievable. I would like to have a New York Times bestseller, but I don't control that. So my goal is always to write the best book I can that is authentic to me, that is based on the skill set and the expertise that I have, that entertains and helps people. Those are, that's, that's my goal when it comes to writing books. And that, those things are within my, you know, purview. I can control those things. And so I feel good when I've done that. Now look around, you're going to read lots of bad books. Any book published is an achievement. I celebrate that. But you're going to read bad articles and poorly written websites and, all kinds of stuff. And you're like, geez, Louise, how did this happen? But use that to your advantage. Instead of being jealous, look at it and say, hey, if this schmuck gets published with that, so can I. Use it again for your motivation to move forward. Finally, I think it's important when we're talking about professional envy is to not take it personally, right? It's not about you. Some writer's success 
over you, somebody else who gets the assignment over you, somebody who publishes a book and on the very same topic you're writing about and you don't get published, that's not a personal statement on your ability or not. A lot of it is timing, a lot of it is platform, a lot of it is, uh, you know, life experience and, and just how things land. So don't take it personal. It's not a statement of how good or bad you are. I don't even think in those terms, right? We all write well, we all write poorly. <laughs> the things happen all the time. That's why you revise over and over and over. And that's why I keep learning and honing my craft so that the poor writing, not much of it makes it to the public. I hope not any, but you know, seriously, I'm human. But at the same time, I'm asking you not to take it personally. I suggest you take it personal in a way that you can use it. Like I said, I, I had a friend, a professional colleague, who recently hit the New York Times bestselling charts. It's a great book. Um, and she deserves all the success. She's worked really hard. She's super smart. I really like her. Um, and I'm envious and proud and excited all at the same time. You can feel all of those. And... That has nothing to do with her, right? I celebrate her success and I'm using it. I'm internalizing that to use it to motivate me to keep working on this book that I put away for a while. You know, I, 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 it doesn't make sense to be envious over work that she did and I haven't done yet. So this is a reminder to me to get to work because only when we do the work do we have an opportunity, right, for magic to happen, right? We cannot control it, but things happen once we ship the work. Am amazing things happen that we can't even anticipate yet. But first we have to sit down and get the job done, get the writing done, okay? So that's what I am thinking about today. Professional envy, writer's envy, I think it's real. I think writers feel it deeply because I think they tend to be uh, more sensitive souls. I truly believe we are. And we want it badly if we're still here. And it, it can hurt. It can feel icky when we see somebody else taking that place in line. But remember, don't make it about them. Celebrate them. Pay attention to what they're doing. Maybe there are things that you can incorporate into your writing and your practice that will be beneficial to your craft and raise your skills. And also, don't make it about you. Make it about the work. Use the lessons, use the motivation, and envy can become a tool that can really raise us. So what do you think? You know what I'm talking about here? Have you felt this brand of writer's envy? Let me know how you deal with it, how you think about it, how you use it or not. You can join our Simply Write community at simplywrite.substack.com. Leave me a comment, hit me up with an email. Let me know how you deal with this, and I'll share it with our listeners because uh, we need each other, writers, to deal with the ups and downs of this profession. And this is definitely one thing uh, that we could talk about and help each other with. Go to simplywrite.substack.com. It's a free community right now. And we talk all things writing. All right, it's time for your assignment this week, writers. And that is create a feel-good file. And you may have heard me talk about this before um, on my other podcast, Simply Said, because I have a physical file, you know, one of those just folders, files that I put in a desk, and it's got clips of nice things people have said about me or my work. Sometimes it's a letter from my mom or my mentor or a friend, a birthday card who just says that I made their year better. 
Sometimes it's a response from an editor um, or a reader who liked my book, whatever it is. Sometimes it's a snippet from an email or a Facebook comment of somebody thanking me for something. I consider it an appreciation folder, a feel good folder. I don't show this to anyone else. I don't look at it all the time, but it's a reminder on the days when I'm feeling like I can't write a decent word when I suck. Nobody will ever read my stuff and I'll never write again. And I might as well just lay on the couch with the cats for the rest of my life. I pull out that folder and remind myself that I'm not a total schmuck and that I have been a writer for a long time and I have some credits and I've done some good things or some things at least that um, other people noticed or liked or made them feel good or that I have some value as a human being. I'm not over dramatizing that because it's easy to fall into despair when we see others moving how we see to be ahead of us, right? That's not the reality, but when we're stuck in that place, it can feel like everybody's passing us by. We can feel envious and upset with ourselves. Pull out your feel-good folder and read one or two of the notes. They can come from anything, anytime when you felt celebrated or successful or appreciated. I even had a scene when I was on a book tour um, where a a reader shared with me um, some value they got from my work. And I, I wrote that in a couple of sentences to remind me of that. And I dropped that in my own file folder. So no rules, but create a feel good folder. Keep it in your desk or your closet or your notebook, wherever you want to keep it and use it when you need to remind yourself that you're a writer and you're a working writer because you're writing and producing and shipping your work. And, uh, Use that to deal with the envy, but to tune out the self-doubt that can get our way when other people are having success and we feel like we're not. That's your assignment. Create your own feel-good folder. Get a place to put these notes and add one note to it, right? You can do that this week and then keep building it up over the years to come. What's in the desk today? This is one of my favorites. I'm working right now in a new notebook from Minimalism art and it's uh, got a soft cover um, it's it's heavier than cardstock it's like a, a fake leather surface but it feels good and the paper is awesome it's gridded paper I generally write in gridded paper I know it's weird but it's what I do and my fountain pens flow over the top of that baby I love it and it seems to dry fast it's got a little rub a little tooth so it's uh my pen stays on there and I love it I'm looking to get some more information from them about how um you know, the GSM of the paper and stuff like that, that nerds like me like to know. And if I get that, I'll put it in my newsletter for anybody who wants to know about uh, the quality of the minimalism art notebooks. Find them online and I'll drop any details I get in simplywrite.substack.com. But that's what's in the desk. All right, writers, it's time for us to get to work today. Remember, we can't be envious of people who are finishing the work and getting it out in the world. Instead, we need to sit down and do the work ourselves 
and see what happens next. And remember the words of Sarah Manguso. She says, all writers will envy other writers and other writing. No one who reads is immune. To write despite it, I must implicate myself, to confess to myself silently or on the page that I am envious. All right, writers, take it in and then sit down and simply write. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid.